I see this image of doors opening and flood of water, which represents abundance, if you want, just flowing. So the moment I finally assumed myself as a multidisciplinary artist, gates opened. And multidisciplinary is very important because that too, through my whole career path up to now, it was always focus on one thing, just focus on one or two things, you know? And I would almost curse all these passions I had within and all these talents. But now I'm embracing it all and this is it. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. Many of us are raised to get a job that can provide safety and security. But what if what is safe and secure is not what makes you happy? Our guest for this episode, Veronique Pierre, is a multidisciplinary artist who celebrates life, creativity, and movement through her artwork from the North Shore of Montreal, Quebec. She believes and lives by the philosophy that it is possible to live in our bliss. Veronique, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful. I would like to start out with a very simple universal question, but I'd like to start out with this because I feel like it sets the tone. So the question is, what are you grateful for? Ah, (laughs) my life in general, but it took time to get to that point. But I'm so just grateful for, I guess, first, this spirituality that my that comes, I think, from my grandma, I was I just had it like it was just within me. It started out with me asking my parents to bring me to church. And they were not even going, then being obsessed with that Jesus movie that plays every year during Easter. (laughs) And then it just evolved with our dear Oprah, of course, which brought so much amazing changes in the world and around the 1998, 2000 era. And then I don't know, it's just evolved within me. And I think that's openness to spirituality slash open-minded towards what's life's about outside of this physical world really brought me to that principle of gratitude. And of course, like everybody else, I started with that kind of little gratitude list every day. What are you grateful for? I truly love my life. I'm at that stage uh, right now. I think that behind that, there's also a gratitude for God, life, whatever you want to call it, which always has my back somehow. It's not necessarily how we imagine it, but it always has your back. Yeah. And I want to take a note real quick. For those of you who are just listening, just want you to 
know that there is a light and brightness that it shines through Veronique and oh. it's just palpable. And so really what we're going to be talking about today about following our bliss and living, truly living in our bliss. I can see that it is all over Veronique and she really lives out what she believes. So I'm excited to jump in into what this thing we call bliss and we hear this word bliss, but how do you define bliss? That's hard to define. It's, I would say that palpable wise, it's a feeling of feeling just so accomplished at the end of the day. Like, you know, sometimes like that's one of my best, the best way to measure it for me anyway. You know, sometimes we're, when we're um, self-employed, we have busy, crazy schedule. People might think that self-employed is like just easy, easy. We do our whenever, but there's work behind it. It's not like a belief that I want to say that being self-employed means like 20 hours days, you know, but there's a lot of work. So Sometimes you arrive at the end of the day, you get in bed and you're so exhausted, but it's an exhaustion that makes you smile. Like you feel so accomplished and happy. And there's this vibration of just either creativity or excitement or like not a productivity as in gotta do it more of a productivity, like, okay, I follow my bliss. or I follow my path. I've, I've contributed to something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would say that's one way to measure it like within and also, I, I truly believe that we are all born with specific talents, and I'll put it in plural, like talents that we are meant to use in this world. And I feel that when we use those talents, and talents has nothing to do with being good at something, it's really whatever elevates you. And that I'm not inventing it. I've learned it from Marcus Buckingham, who is one of the greatest human resources person in the States or something, but I've read it, one of his books. And it's all about that. It's whatever enhances you, enhances your energy, your vital energy. So whenever your vital energy is supported in what you do, even if you're tired in brackets at the end of the day, I would say you're pretty much on the good path towards your bliss, following your bliss. Yes. I know that feeling as an entrepreneur, that creative feeling that mm. it feeds you versus depletes you. Yeah. And you know, people often associate the creative word with artistic endeavors, but being creative is about also giving birth, creating, simply creating whatever, however you use it, you know, in life. So yeah, you use the good word here, creating. Can you tell me about your personal journey on your way to bliss? Oh my God, where to start? It's funny because every time my friends say, oh my God, you've had such a crazy life, you're courageous. I never understand, but I'm starting to understand when I have these kinds of questions because I never know where to start. But I think like the best, because of your introduction, the best way to start would be, I come from a mixed race parent, uh, couple. Okay, sorry for those. Like I, I might have some expressions sometimes that are uh, very translated directly from French. But uh, yeah, so my father is from Haiti and my mom was Caucasian woman adopted, interestingly, but from Quebec, raised in Quebec. Like a lot of immigrants, my father was very demanding in school. I was a straight A student, not because I was necessarily overly intelligent, but because I was learning everything by heart. And because of his past, he was expecting us to make, in his mind, an important slash intelligence career choice. So 
from a very young age, I was discouraged to be an artist. And like the path was definitely medicine. I came to understand a few years later that in Haiti, my father had everything to become a doctor. But in Haiti back then, you needed connections. It was under the Duvalier regime and you needed connections just to enter the university. So I made peace with that. But yeah, so there was these demands from my immigrant father and through school, I always felt uncomfortable through my choices. I mean, I didn't do the whole big science thing because it was obvious from like, I don't know, age 13, 14, that, you know, I was not going to study like deep in science. Like they lost me at the ellipsal, ellipse, whatever they call them, <laughs> those curves in maths, whatever they call them. <laughs> so I really like I should have gone or I would have wanted to go in arts, but that was a big no, no. Funny enough, life has its way to organize everything for you. So funny enough, my mom, who's more open to arts, decides to put us in extracurricular activities, among which theater and figure skating, which is sport, but has a big artistic side. I was not a jumper, but fabulous at the artistic expression. And my brother and I entered this theater school, and then we were discovered by an agent. Now, it didn't happen for me, but my brother is actually a very well-known actor here in Quebec, and he's a star actor like he started from a very early age and for some reason as the years progress it's something that kind of was starting to be accepted by my father that therefore i guess i decided somehow to choose that path i said okay i'm gonna go to theater school which was not necessarily accepted still at a hundred percent but it was like a kind of deviation for me huh? to go in something something artistic and by the end, once I graduated, when he, once he saw me, like I had some prices as an actress and some stuff like that, he really embraced it and really was proud of me. And that was kind of a okay, an official okay for me from him. When he passed away, my father passed away 10 years ago. So I was 36 from a cancer. My father has always been this intellectual man and also spiritual though, but I never knew this side of him. And he was making the staff at the hospital cry because he was so ready to accept that and embracing the passage and all. And he told me one day, he said, you know, Vero, he said, find yourself a little job, pay your bills. The rest is not important. And that was his blessing, his gift to me, meaning do what you like, find a way to pay your bills. And that's it. And it says this, it's erased that pressure I've had to, of becoming something officially, you know, money-making kind of job position. So you needed your father's blessing. I kind of always needed it, but I never admitted it to myself. But yeah, I kind of needed that somehow. And it's interesting because after that, I did a really amazing career, eight years in yoga. I think I needed to go through yoga too, to just ground myself. And COVID happened. Did you hear about COVID? <laughs> that thing we call COVID? Yeah, so COVID, COVID happened and yoga, I mean, I, I was very lucky. I was able to work pretty much until November while other people had stopped in March. But in December here in Canada, we are lucky. We are blessed. We have financial help from the government right now, which was enough for me. I, everything plays itself. I sold my condo. I'm a caregiver. So I'm staying with my mother for now. So I had this, we had this financial help and I decided to take six to eight weeks to just clear my mind. I say, okay, what's next? Am I going through a career change or what's going to happen? And I was such at an open space, like literally 
show me the way. And I've experienced that 10 years ago, which led me to yoga, actually. I was so open and was just show me the way. And every morning I would take two, three hours to just work on redefining this career. But the rest of the day, I decided to just embrace art. So I picked up uh, some pen, pencil, and then I felt I needed to paint more. So I got equipped. The first thing I know, I had almost a full collection in my hand. And I had done all the, also other in, uh, meditation-inspired paintings. And the first thing I know, too, is I'm starting to post that on my website and all my social networks. I'm selling two pieces of art. And I was just, okay, there is something there. And that's where I had a kind of backup moment. And I said, Vero, what elevates you? And also, I had maybe like two, three little contracts of theatrical expression workshops that I did through Zooms with skaters. And I'm an ex-figure skating choreographer too. Like I've done a lot of stuff. And funny enough, my old life is all coming back to me. I'm back to acting. I had a friend who's an, an agent and she kept saying, Vero, they're celebrating diversity. Come back to the screen. I was like, no, no time. Big career in yoga. Well, now I had the time. So I told her, I said, I'm giving myself six to 12 months during COVID. We'll see. Let's, let's audition and we'll see. This brought me to the producing side. I'm starting to contribute with a big known producer here in Quebec on four different projects. I see this image of doors opening and flood of water, which represents abundance, if you want, just flowing. So the moment I finally assumed myself as a multidisciplinary artist, gates opened. And multidisciplinary is very important because that too, through my whole career path up to now, it was always focus on one thing, just focus on one or two things, you know? And I would almost curse all these passions I had within and all these talents. But now I'm embracing it all. and. This is it. Oh my gosh. You have said so much in this. Time. I know. I'm like, I wanna, so I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I'm so excited because I want to dive into it all and I go, go. I forget something. The first thing I want to just bring to people's attention is mm-hmm. that sometimes when we want to follow our bliss, it helps when we're almost given permission or the blessing of whoever we deemed as the person we had to live up to. And for you, it was your father. For others, they may not have been given the same gift of grace and permission and blessing. Mm. So how would you advise somebody who did not get that same gift to live in their bliss anyway? It's such a good question and so hard to answer. I truly, I don't think I have the right answer. Of course, there is that, I'll put cliche in brackets, way of saying, well, you know, you have, you've got to offer it to yourself, but it's not that easy. Let's just be truthful. You know, that whole thing of love yourself and just bring it all to yourself. Yes, you can do it, but my God, sometimes it's, and that's like, we're talking about a blessing that goes in the core deep of your reprogrammation of cells, you know, it's just something that goes further than just psychology. Well, first they need to identify from who or from what do they need that blessing. There could be maybe alternatives sometimes, you know, I remember I have this friend, she's 20 years over than me. I'm close to my mother, but for somehow she's a mother figure in some areas of my life where my mom maybe doesn't bring me what I would need to get fed. Because let's, let's be honest too. There are difference of generations, of cultures, of thoughts, just as different human beings. So sometimes finding somebody to, but it's, you have to be careful not to approach it as, okay, I'm looking for someone. And like, you put all this pressure on this person. It's just that 
you'll see with life, like with time, that through your conversations or actions towards each other, some people can bring you some of that blessing. I don't know. You, would you have something to, to share on that? Because it's a very good question. And yeah, I'll be honest. I don't have the whole 100% answer. This idea of waiting for permission or blessing from another person or from a stranger, even sometimes we just Mm -hmm. need permission from a stranger that we don't know. They don't even know us, but they say, go at it. My whole life for me, I feel like I have lived from a place of not having permission. No one's said, oh, you can do this or try this. It was always me having an inner knowing that this is something I want and I want to go for it almost unapologetically. Moving in your life unapologetically doesn't mean disrespect for the people that have raised us or have loved us through life. It's just a place of, of leadership. But I also understand wanting the approval of our of our loved ones because of mm. course I would hate to disappoint my mom. Like my hero is my mom. And I would oh. it makes me sad if I would disappoint her. And I also know who I am and that even as a mom myself, understanding that my son was given to me, but he's not mine, you know, <gasps> kind of approaching parenting from that perspective as a child of God, the universe, whatever it is you want to speak to for our bigger creator, knowing that we're each put here for a purpose and having the courage. And that's what it comes down to is that courage to really move forward in pursuing what you know you were created for. For, yeah. What the world says. So that's what I would probably add to that. I want to also go into this idea of multidisciplinary because I am so excited you brought that up. I feel, I feel like you, like, oh my gosh, I have to choose one thing. I feel like I'm so good at a variety of things. And yet as an entrepreneur, we're told niche down, niche down, niche Niche down. down. Yeah. Only choose one thing to focus on. And to an extent, I see their point. However, it's almost a denying of our other talents with an S, as you say. Talents. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you look at the evolution of just human beings in of our age, right? Like what was happening in the 70s and the 80s, 90s, 90s, whatever. The human being has evolved so quickly. And yes, in the time of our parents, they, they didn't have the chance as much to explore. But nowadays, especially with the technology and kids have access to learn so much quicker, they will have more talents than the generation 40 years ago, you know? It's interesting because I'm my I have a business coach and she's really switched into spiritual slash intuitive coaching because she had experience and she I mean I've known her since a kid we were skaters together she was like just intellectual but as she grew like there's this whole uh, more spiritual energy and quality to her that open and she talks she talked about something similar too like why do we have to follow lines that have been used for years we are in a new era we're in the technological era we are in an era where probably i would even say that it demands for us to use more than one talent at a time you know one talent one more wearing more than one hat we see it in corporate america how many of our friends are wearing more than one hats right now so i think there's a change that encouraged that But for whoever has learned to or have been told, just focus on one thing at a time, you know, 
No, just beep it and just embrace it all because that's what makes you unique. But you and I, we could be both good at, I don't know, hosting a TV show. But what will make your show different than mine? And that's all those nuance of colors in each of our own personalities. Can we dive there a little bit? So how I feel like that's another thing that comes up for entrepreneurs is this idea of like the, the industry is flooded. There's not enough space for me. So what is my differentiating factor or my, what they call the USP unique selling point, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, dear words. Yes. Continue on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How can we help people see their differentiating point? You say it's in the nuances that makes them different. Yeah. Because to be honest, I have the same fears of like, well, what makes me different? Whenever you approach, like whenever you do an exercise to whatever, create a new product or def- redefine who you are as a brand or whatever. Okay. Yes. Do the exercise as told, but just just let it flow also naturally. And the moment you have that little voice that goes, oh no, but that's not in the exercise, write it down still. And then you might come back and say, oh, here, that might not fit officially in what people would see me as, I don't know, uh, a chef, a new chef who's uh, about to write a book, let's say. So let's say we've never talked about that in a book for for cuisine, but it's maybe what's going to give it that extra edge. You know what I mean? So I would say that's one thing. And the other thing is, Use your people around you. Use like ask them separately. You don't want them to to see what others have written. So separately, ask people. I've done that exercise twice. I know it will take some of your time, but it's very important. I'm about to redefine my brand. I'm about to start a new uh, idea, whatever. And then, get, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Can you name me five of my qualities? And then also, I love those questions in uh, marketing. Like, if I was an animal, what would I be? If I was a color, what would I be? If I was a flower, what would I be? Because sometimes we, we perceive ourselves how we would like to be perceived or how we would like to fit in. Mm. For the longest time, I wanted to be a dolphin. It's so graceful and I love them. I wanted to be a dolphin. But everybody sees me as a cat or a lion or whatever. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, well, take it, Vero. That, that shows you have a strength. You have this. And it's true. I'm somebody like when I start a project, it's five, six, seven, eight, and it's happening. I have this, I have a leadership. Like I have a crazy leadership that I've never learned to embrace up to now. So yeah, go, go ask your people. I have a writer that used to say it, it was about criticism, but it's the same thing. Somebody tells you one quality. Thank you. Second. Oh, interesting. Third. Thank you very much. And start observing it. Yeah. And the qualities are unique to us. So yes, that is what is your differentiating factor is you it's what you bring to the table. It's like what you said about talk show hosts, there have been several talk show hosts throughout our history on TV. And yet there is a difference between Oprah and Ellen, and they're both wildly successful. So. Exactly, exactly. Be careful not to fall. Like I know it's very popular in Hollywood because I lived there for a while. They, brand-wise, they always want to compare you to somebody. So yeah, have it maybe quickly on paper just to be ready, but don't try to be the next Oprah. They'll never be another Oprah. Don't try to be the next Alan. They'll never be another Alan. Whenever you work on a quality, defining a quality or whatever, like a redefinition of your brand too, whenever you have a word, a, quali- a word of quality, 
define it in your own words because I don't know, inspirational. You know, we've learned a lot in the self-help slash entrepreneur world how to become inspirational. But what does that truly mean to you? For you, it could be reaching out thousands of people and inspire them to become great entrepreneurs. As a, for me, it could be, I don't know, just bring health to a yoga client. What does that mean? So really learn to redefine in your own words. I love how you also in your journey were interrupted by this thing called COVID. <laughs> and oh. it really did give you time and space to reevaluate. And I know I can relate to this idea of feeling overwhelmed almost with so much there is to learn because of the technology that we have, that it creates this confusion yeah. in our minds. And when we are confused, we become paralyzed. And so really taking a step back and shutting the noise off from the outside world and having that quiet time to really get back in tune with who you are. I've been hearing that message very loudly in my own spiritual journey, which is just stop and remember who you are and what were you, what you were placed on this planet for. And so when we forget it and, and we start wanting to become like everybody else, because that's what they tell us to do. All the gurus have only one niche and have one focus and, you know, but I don't fit the mold. And that's the beauty. And that's where your bliss lies. I think is that, you know, when we're in a place of discontentment, we can always come back to who we are because no matter where you go or no matter what you do, there you are. I know that again, for people who are listening to this, that can't see the video, Veronique has this beautiful painting behind her. And so I really would encourage you to check out her website. We'll link it in the show notes. There was a series you said you did. Can you? Yeah, the it's called the Molecule Collection. And it started out during COVID, like as just intuitive art. Like I just started drawing a form one day and filled it up with color. And it just came to me. It was like, oh my God, it's like a molecule. I don't even know if actually a scientific molecule looks like that, but that's what my mind was saying. And I was just on a run with this, like just almost every day drawing a shape and filling it up. And, and the first one started out of intuition, but then eventually what I did or what I realized is either I would meditate and focus on a specific positive energy, and then I would see a shape, then I would restart reproduce, reproducing it, or I would just feel a shape coming through my hand and then meditate on it and then have the word come out uh, to me. I've always been an artist at heart, but I really assume myself as an artist starting in January, like beginning of January. And I completed my first collection, what, at the end of March, I would say. So yeah, it has 12 pieces in total and I don't know, it's just, it's really inspiring. And it's another way to connect. Doing art is very meditative in itself, but it's another way to connect and elevate a positive state, you know? So for example, if I worked on heal the healing molecule, just while I'm working on it, you know, you're so connected to that sensation or that feeling and you're just re-enhancing it by moving through it. I think it is full circle where your dad wanted you to be a doctor. Yeah. 
and go into the sciences. And here you are decades later painting molecules in the sciences. <laughs> you know, I know they're Isn't not- it weird? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I never even saw it this way. And especially the last one that you're talking about that's behind me the Higgs boson molecule, which is like totally neuroscience. If yeah. some people don't know what we're talking about, just don't hesitate to write me and I'll write it up to you and you can search on it. But thank you. Wow. It's funny how you said life organizes itself. And so <laughs> to, to, to steer you in your bliss, to give you those clues, to reveal to you what you were created for. And I believe that when we are living in our bliss, it's because we are living specifically from our gifts and our talents that were given mm. to only us and expressed in the only way we can express them being open to those clues will lead you to your bliss. So if at any time, if you're listening to this right now and you're in a place of discontentment, it doesn't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. Here are this episode's takeaways. If you can't receive the blessing from those you love, have courage in the knowing of who you are and what you were created for on this planet to live in your bliss. Leave space to be open for those clues that can guide you to your bliss. When we're in a place of discontent, take a time out to get back in touch with yourself. What you want already exists within you. It's okay to have and express multiple talents. Embrace them all. There's room for everyone. Your qualities, your experiences, your gifts, and your perspective are what sets you apart. Be able to express who you are and what you do in your own words rather than comparing yourself to another known brand. Veronique, I want to thank you so much for coming on this episode. I believe that we were not created to live in suffering, to be what is called the walking dead, surviving but not living. I believe we were born on this planet to be expressions of love, joy, and light. And we can only do that if we have that courage that I mentioned earlier to live in our bliss. And as we do that, we can inspire others to do the same, just like Veronique. In our bliss, we are able to celebrate and inspire small victories. Thank you for tuning in. And until we meet again, be blessed. Come into me. Show me what I need to see. You are my path, way into the light. Lead me from shadows to
coming to me. Show me love.